Hey Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is the Zwiftcast coming up on this episode. Zwifting at the size of a house. It was just great to see the neighbours coming out and looking at what we were doing. They were just saying, wow, how good is that? First attempt, very intense. R.I.P. I think it may have disappeared, possibly never to return. It's a little, little sad. And the dangers of Zwifting in your shed with banging tunes. I heard a knock at the door. So I opened the door and there's two policemen. They say they've had a report that there's a party. Well, my friend's record shattered. No, 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 not Pig Swift. That's all done. We've moved on. More than 15,000 Zwifters in one event, namely the Ineos group ride or series of group rides. But now Froome, Thomas, in fact, the entire squad rode with us, then raced up the Alp. And I'm going to nail my colours firmly to the mast here right now. Good job, Zwift. HQ nailed this one. I thought it was terrific. G'day, Shane. I know it wasn't Aussie-friendly in time zone terms, but big success, that one. Yeah, for sure. It was middle of the night here, so I wasn't able to ride that one. But uh, yeah, long gone are the days where Jens Voigt rides would crash the system with only 200 people or 2,000 people, wasn't it, on at once. So yeah, things look pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah, went really well, I think, that one. And Nathan, yo, dude, I know you weren't on the mic. It was Rob Hatch and Matt Stevens. But the race stream, with one or two minor reservations, was a triumph, I thought. Knocked that nasty GCN be cool thing into a cocked hat. Yeah, I thought they did an amazing job. It was a ton of fun to watch. And I couldn't help but be a little bit jelly of Rohan Dennis's, I think, what, 35 minutes up the top? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who? it goes to show what kind of rider he is, though. I mean, one off super efforts are his thing. And I, it was almost to be expected, I thought. So hats off to him. Yeah, that was some ride, actually. And and with uh, Dennis being a relatively new signing to Ineos, I, th- I think he was making a little point to Heck team, yeah. man- team like management. Him. I like him. Uh, team management and uh, and teammates there. Anyway, more on that Ineos event in a little while. But first, a sombre and sad note. A small piece of Zwift history has been wiped. We must say farewell to first attempt, very intense, a truly legendary Strava segment. It is no more, at least I can't find it. Uh, Shane, as most will know, Strava's taken action to tidy up the terrible mess of segments on Zwift, which is actually a great move. But first attempt, very intense. Has it gone forever? I can't find it. Yeah, I had a look again today for it. It's it's not there, so it's it's gone forever for us anyway. Now the the creator of the segment will still be able to see it, but unfortunately we won't be able to. So it had a good run. Um, I'm sure there were millions and millions of first attempts, and I'm sure they were all very intense. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I can't actually remember why first attempt very intense acquired its kind of legendary status. I mean, I think it was the misspelling of intense, wasn't it, with no final E. Uh, and I think it was also one of those, you know, slightly Fort Bragg, I was a beta user thing. Hi from Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's all you need, I guess, right? So, yeah, there's that. And then, I mean, you what, what can you do with very intense? I mean, it almost sounds like, an aisle at Walgreens I shouldn't be walking down or at least be seen anyways. (laughs) So we'll just leave that. You could do all kinds of things with first attempt, very intense. I think that's also why I got picked up on specifically in ZVA. So 
Yeah, it, it, too bad it's gone at this point because we had fun with it. Yeah, no, we did have fun with it. But it, it, it was just one of those things. It just became a thing because because it did. No one really knew why. But yeah, seems to have gone. Uh, we'll we'll talk later about Strava's move, which which actually was a really good one. Okay, but before we do that, let's do this. Welcome to the Zwiftcast to Owen Newbury. Hi, Owen. Hello. So the reason you're on is like the mother and father of a Zwift project. For anybody who didn't see this, and it got over 2,000 likes on the Zwift Riders Facebook page, which I think is some kind of record. You took your trainer out into the garden and your projector, and you projected Zwift onto the side of your house. It was awesome. It was it was pretty cool, yeah. It, it, it did take a long time to set it up, but... It was well worth it in the end. Like, it was just great to see, like, uh, with the neighbours coming out and looking at what we were doing. I guess you haven't measured the image, but it's like, it's the size of a house. We, we just uh, tried to work with, with the projector and just tried to see if we can expand it out to the house. Uh, we tried different uh, angles, um, but the one what we picked was probably one of the best. What a scheme it was. And what was the reaction from the neighbours? I mean, did you rope them in to help or did it come as a kind of surprise to them? No, it it just came into quite a surprise to them. Uh, All of a sudden we had neighbours popping over the fence and looking. We were just asking questions about the app. They were just saying, wow, how good is that? And we just want to see more. And then we've been doing it for the last couple of days now. The same people are just popping up and they absolutely love watching. So it's become like a spectator sport in your neighbourhood. Yeah, yeah, take the Tour de France. <laughs> what a scheme it was. How did you come up with the idea, Owen? Was it just like, uh, I know, let's put Swift on the side of my house? We do have like a white uh, white paint on the back of the house. And then I just realised, oh, why don't we use it for Zwift? And then I was speaking to my dad about it and he was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. And then we thought, right, let's go with it. And then we just set it up one night and it was the best thing what we've ever done. People will be interested. So just just run us through the kind of basic tech setup. I mean, is it like a super expensive projector or? It was a decent projector. What we, When we got it, we got a brand new. Um, the actual projector is a Sony um, data. Um, I'm not sure with the ac- actual model of it, but uh, yeah, when I looked on the reviews, it was... It was a fantastic projector, so we thought, right, let's go with that. When we use Zwift, we use it through a computer. So we just use it from a HDMI cable into the projector, and then that just just projects everything out onto the, of what we want to watch. And obviously you've got to drag your trainer outside and stuff like that, but I mean, how long does it take to set it up? About half an hour, maybe, half an hour to 45 minutes for the exact setup of how we want it. Um, but when I do my ride, I like to do long rides on Zwift. So I like to make sure I'm comfortable and I can see and uh, everything's running right. Has all the reaction been positive? Have you had anybody giving you any grief over it? I have had one complaint over it about it being too bright um, and it shining through the bedroom window on a night. But I've only had one one complaint off someone. So, yeah, uh, all we need is just, just nice positive uh, positive feedback. Does it put pressure on you to uh, to put the what bombs down now you've got an audience? I do have a set training plan. Um, so I always just say, right, I'm doing this training plan today. So if you just want to watch, yeah, you're more than welcome. But I will be concentrating uh, with it within the ride. But uh, yeah, they, they, they're fine by that. They absolutely love watching me doing it. Um, it's It just kills an hour of the time when, when people are bored at home. Obviously, because they self-isolate and so they're looking over the fence, keeping the, keeping the distance and uh, they're, they're, they're watching to have a bit of fun. 
uh, takes streaming to a whole new level. Now, one thing that a lot of people did notice, a small gap in the uh, in the White House, which is somebody's bedroom window. Um, whose is that bedroom window, Owen? Uh, it is mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is my bedroom, yeah. Excellent. Well, no no risk of uh, indiscretion there then? No, 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 definitely not. <laughs> well, listen, mate, uh, you gave a lot of people, uh, uh, I was going to say a laugh. I think it was a combination of laugh and admiration and just, you know, what a great scheme, what a brilliant project, how well executed. Well done, mate. Oh, uh, thank you very crack, much. Cracking idea and well done with it. Right. So, uh, 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 fellows, should we just give that? Uh, shall we just give that dude a quick round of applause? I think. <laughs> that was good. That was good. I particularly liked the idea of all the neighbours gathering around to watch him. Uh, Two thousand four hundred likes on Swift Riders last time I checked. Amazing, great scheme. Okay, onward. The green cone of shame for sandbaggers. It's real. In fact, it's so real that Zwift CEO has been flagged and coned. Uh, I don't know whether you two guys saw this. Eric Min was um, got a message and recommended to ride in the A's after an out-of-cap performance in a B race. Uh, way to go, Eric. Did you catch that one, Shane? I did indeed, yeah. So Eric has been sandbagging or was he just uh, just testing some new functionality maybe? <laughs> well, I think we're going to have to give him the benefit of the doubts, aren't we? His excuse was that his excuse was that he was just in for a normal ride, but then he felt great, so he put a big dig in on the final sprint. Good, <laughs> good enough excuse, do you think, Nathan? Um, I mean, isn't it supposed to be so that if you're in the wrong category, you're in the wrong category? But I mean, isn't that how it works? I don't know. I don't know how that. Like, was that actually what he said? Because I just don't understand. And even isn't there a warning up front that he posted a picture? I'm looking at the pictures. Um, To level, time to level up. You're too strong for this group. There was another one, though, in that post that said something about, like, you're about to join out of category alert. There was one that said, yeah, yeah, no, he got the warning. Uh, Oh, no, no, no. Actually, he posted what the warning looks like rather than, I don't think he got the warning. He'll get the warning next time. Gotcha, gotcha, but, you know, gotcha. You, you came dangerously close to chastising the chief executive. Oh, here, it's right here. Yeah, out of category alert. There's one in the post that says, this event has active category enforcement. Your power data indicates you're risking being flagged. Please make sure to pick the appropriate category for your ability. I think he said, I don't know. I think that was kind of a side excuse, and really he was looking to test the thing. That's what I think. I don't know. I mean, if it's about categories. You'd Can, you hear him back Can you hear him backpedaling? Can you hear him backpedaling, Jay? Hang on, to make up for this, Eric's on at the moment. I've just given him a ride on. So I've given Eric, so karma has been restored. It's all good. <laughs> well, to, you know what? It's, it's great to see the, the chief exec getting down and dirty with this stuff. And he is, he is a very strong rider, Eric, a very strong rider. He's, he's, he's very light uh, and uh, he trains consistently. And, of course, as lots and lots of people will know, you know, as a, as a youth, uh, he was a very, very promising rider, wanted to be a pro, and uh, you never quite lose that, I don't think. Anyway, there. this is all part of the new anti-sandbagging measures that are being tried out, as we've just seen, on select races in Crit City. Let's see what Zwift Insider head honcho Eric Slangy makes of it so far. Hi, Eric. Hello, Simon. Nice to be back. Yeah, well, always good to have you. I must confess at this point, I've not actually ridden any races where the green cone of shame has been active, but you have. Quick reaction, Eric. How do you think it's going? Considering that it's in early beta and they're still dialing stuff in, I 
I think it's good what I've seen. The it's a, it's an especially big improvement from what I've heard and from what I've observed just dropping in on D races and C races just observing them. It's really helped clean those up quite a bit. A couple things that I, I know they need to improve, and I'm guessing they will, uh, apart from just dialing in those trigger levels, which is the secret sauce that we don't really know about. But apart from those, I, I think there's a little bit of UI work that still needs to be done. When someone clicks to join in-game or in the companion, what do you show them in terms of a message? You know, If you think they're, they're sandbagging. So I, I think they need to dial those in, and that's probably just going to take a little bit of UI work. Um, then also the results, they're not the, if you get coned in a race, when the results screen pops up and when, when you view results in companion, you don't see any evidence of who was coned or who wasn't. Uh, so that definitely needs to work, but I'm, I'm sure that they've got that planned. It's just a question of updating the app and, and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I mean, personally, I think if you do get coned with, with the green cone, you should Actually, just, you know, you shouldn't be in the results. I agree. And that's that's what they need to decide. Uh, I mean, the other thing I think they need to dial in a little more, and this, obviously Jordan is looking at this a lot closer than I am, but just from what I have observed in a few events, it seems like the cone isn't slowing riders quite enough yet. I, I see these B riders that are still staying off the front with the cone, and that'd be super frustrating if I was in a race. And then they show up ahead of them and the results in the end. Yeah, I, I think if I had to summarize the feedback I've seen within the racing community and, and, and the general community, it's that, uh, yeah, this is good, but it just needs to be a bit stricter. Yeah, I think so. In almost all the races I've seen, and I've heard a couple other riders talk about this too, they've said that when, when the cones start flying, uh, sometimes the messaging starts flying because now you know for sure these guys are sandbaggers they're cheating in my race and especially if they're staying up ahead or they're pulling the group with that green cone the messaging starts to maybe get a little bit abusive a little bit negative fruity fruity (laughs) (laughs) saucy spicy Um, and i'm sure that that is not what zwift wants to see in their game Mm. so i'm thinking actually that they're going to realize that this this green cone idea is going to be inviting abusive messaging into the races. And they're going to, I think they're going to end up ghosting riders like we originally had talked about, like Eric Min talked about, where they're going to disappear somehow and you're not going to be able to message about them or see their name on screen or something because we're cyclists. We know how this is. If this was a real race and this was happening outdoors, there would be abusive messaging flying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. They're yeah. going to have to do yeah. something, I think, to protect themselves there. Yeah. I don't want to sound like a shield, but I do think it's a good start. Oh, I do too. I, yeah, I don't want to be overly negative at all. I, Like I said at the beginning, I think it's for where it's at and, and it's still in beta, uh, I see it, it's all going in the right direction. It just needs to be dialed in and I think they're going to, probably have to figure out that messaging issue. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's I think it's good. I'm excited about where it's going and if I was a D or a C, I'd be even more excited because it's really I'm sure it'll, it's going to clean up the race experience a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we all want that. Uh, for now, Eric, thanks yeah. very much. We'll we'll talk to you later. All right, see you soon. 
Nathan, I just think pretty much as Eric said there, it just looks a little bit too cautious so far. And I know you don't approve of this whole system all round. I know you would like to, you know, implement your system, which there's a bit of support for. But he did say it was going to start soft, um, but it looks as though it started kind of very soft. Yeah, it does seem that way. Like from what I heard Derek saying, there were riders that could continue to win races even while being throttled. So um, yeah. that that's probably just needs a little bit more aggression on the throttling. Um, I don't know exactly. You know, he said the ma- you know the, the magic sauce or what the you know special ingredient secret sauce. Yeah, the hmm. secret sauce there would be. Um, you know, what exactly are the numbers that, that trigger it, um, you know, and whether or not those need any adjusting was the main thing I'd be concerned about. But the, you know, throttling, if it doesn't make you just out of the race in some sort of ways, I don't know. And then he had a great point by Eric, like this might just lead to ghosting people because of the whole chat thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good point. You know, yeah. so yeah, that was a good point. People start, you know, getting mean. If we're getting into a competitive space though, I mean, jump into any Fortnite game or any other online game with all kinds of people. And next thing you know, plenty of, that's why we don't have voice chat, right? Like what kind of conversation mm-hmm. happened in there? Cause it's there yeah, yeah. from what I'm told. It's somewhere out there. Uh, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we all know what adrenaline does to you in uh, in any kind of racing situation in real life. Don't we Shane? I'm sure one or two, Four letter words have um, passed your lips and certainly passed my lips in a in a in a bumpy crit. Yeah, look, as an Aussie, we're born with four letter words. Uh, that's our first couple <laughs> of things we say. I think so. It does happen. Yes. Um, yeah, these changes seem pretty good. Um, I'm going to call this Patrick Swayze mode. We need more ghost, more ghost, which uh, should improve the experience for everyone. And, and and I've always said anything that improves the experience for everyone, I'm all for. So if we can get this as a small step first and then introduce more Patrick Swayze mode, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, if it is to make progress quickly and be credible and, and maintain the support it's got amongst the community, the, the changes that need to be made, they need to be made fairly quickly, don't they? Yeah, for sure. With the recent influx of riders coming in, especially competitive cyclists coming into Zwift for the very first time, we see today the announcement of the Australian National Road Series going to the esports side of things using Zwift. Um, you're going to have some pretty pretty tough races on there, but they want things to be even and equal and people to be all in the in the right zones. And for when the fans jump on, not just the top end races, the fans who are in the C, D and E categories to jump on and have their own comp- competitions as well that is fair, these things need to be rolled out across the board for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just okay. A well, new power up when they see the ghost. He's got a Patrick Swayze. He's got a Patrick Swayze. <laughs> oh, he's going Patrick Swayze mode. <laughs> I was surprised at that reference, actually, Shane. That's a really old movie now, isn't it? A really oh, old I'm, movie. I'm showing my age, but uh, look, they're, they're rerunning all the old movies here recently, and I think it's been, I think, at least 24 hours since they last run Billy Madison and uh, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> I think we're due for those as well. So, yeah, but look, it's all about the, the obscure references. I think it was, was it Potatoes last week, now Patrick Swayze this week? It's, what's next week? What are we going to... It's a whole new language, a whole new language. <laughs> okay, let's talk a little bit more about the Ineos event of last weekend. A couple of things to emerge, which I'm going to discuss with these two in a minute. But um, first, another burst of Eric Sanjay. 
legs recovered from the Ineos exertions, Eric? Oh yeah, it was a it was a cat sea ride, and I wasn't pushing nearly as hard as you were, sir, <laughs> Mister Mister pinning it at the front. So, uh, well, uh, I was trying to keep I was trying to keep up with the beacon, which is something we're going to talk about later in, in in the podcast, actually. But just kind of overall, Eric. I mean, I you know I often lapse into criticism of Swift where I think it's due, but I was really really impressed with the whole. Ineos weekend. I was too. Uh, it, I mean, massive numbers of riders. They said it was a record turnout for, I assume it was for the combined three events. They said it was, I think, 15,530, I think was the number I heard. Uh, so huge number of riders having, having team riders lead every single category. So really well organized. I mean, it was, it was Ineos level organization, which I really appreciated. They, they executed it well. And I thought that from what I hear, the riders that led the groups did a good job, which hasn't always been the case when pro riders lead groups. So they were yeah. definitely prepped a little bit, which is good. It's an interesting point you make there, actually. Um, and, you know, Ineos, when they commit to something like winning the tour, they throw everything at it. And I do get the sense that because they'd committed to lending their name to this series of events, there was no messing about, you know, the riders knew what they were doing. They'd obviously had some kind of educational uh, process on Swift, which sometimes to be, you know, with the best will in the world, you don't see that with pro riders. It had the kind of stamp of Ineos team management all over it. Yeah, I agree. Had it had a different feel than a lot of the, the pro level events, even that we've, we've been seeing just seemed a little more, a little more polished. Yeah. 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 Completely agree with that. Um, just on these kind of weekend events, I mean, has, uh, hesitant though I am to mention Peak Swift, it looks as though kind of Peak Swift has, has, has shifted a bit, really. Um, I mean, we might still see Peak Swift on Tuesday, but the weekends are looking more and more and more important as as we talk about a world in lockdown. And I certainly now look forward to my weekends if they re- revolve around something cool to do on Swift. Are you finding that? Yeah, I am. I'm. I've observed the same thing myself personally. It seemed it's typically on a weekend you go out and do something, but you can't go out. So it's my, my weekday schedule is kind of the same as it's always been, but the weekends it's like, well, might as well now put in a six hour ride. Sunday's new Tuesday for sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we're both going to give that five stars, aren't we? Um, In that sea ride, uh, where where did you finish in? Uh, I don't remember the placing. Was the, were there even placings on? No, it? there weren't placings. You, were, you had to you had you had to kind of call it based on where you thought yeah. they were fortune to the beacon. <laughs> yeah, I, at one point I was with the beacon, and I think I even ended up maybe in front of him at the end. But but I know because I, I I glanced at your times on it, and you were at least a few minutes ahead of me at the end. So, I mean, yeah, it was a giant group, but I, I started way behind the beacon cause I joined with only, I think there were five minutes left, which meant I was six miles behind the beacon in this massive group. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was fun. I just, it was just supposed to be an easy ride for me anyway. Cause I had done a metric century the day before. So. Wow. Just well, I, I, I must say I did set out to hammer it. And then when I saw that sub 30, for two laps of Watopia Flat was in reach. Yeah. I, uh, I, did, I did go for that. Sure. 
possibly a uh, a new record for me, being fat and old and slow. Uh, Eric, for now, thanks very much. Hey, my pleasure. Okay, a couple of um, additional things to to explore with you two. A little bit more generic, because I know you two weren't massively involved, probably not as involved as Eric and I were for kind of time zone reasons and other reasons in in the Ineos race. So let's just 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 pick up a couple of things. Um, on the group ride stuff, I mean, very little noise in the forums from Zwift, uh, from people running Zwift on potatoes, which was good. Uh, and I do just want to reiterate praise for Zwift for these kind of events. Pretty much all the reaction I saw was positive. And, you know, this is just the kind of thing we need right now, uh, those kind of events. Uh, that said, there were minor outbreaks of whinging about pace. Um, but here's an interesting thing I noticed. And maybe this has been going on forever now. I've not been paying, paying proper attention. But, but I noticed this. The, the Ineos riders, in my experience, were actually generally holding the advertised pace really well. But despite this, the beacon appears to be well ahead, which just kind of encourages people to push on. But in fact, as, as far as I can see, the gap to the beacon can be something of an illusion because Swift is only drawing the 100 riders nearest to you. So in these really big group rides... The riders around the beacon can look can be invisible because they're not in that hundred nearest to you, and that obviously depends where you in uh, you are in the pack. So that means it looks as though the leader is pushing the pace, but they're not. Have I got that right, Shane? And it's a really weird quirk if that if that's the case. Yeah, I've seen this happen in large rides as well, where the beacon is really, really far back and it looks like they've been dropped, but that's not the not the case because what happens is, as you said, you only see the nearest 100 riders and that's really limiting. And more so, you'll see this if you've dropped into the start of a race with 3,000, 6,000 riders on the pier, you'll be in this very small blob but you'll be you know, put 50 metres or so virtually back. And it, it looks kind of weird that you're just seeing the only 100 riders, where in fact there's 30 or 40 of those little blobs of 100 riders on the start line. So it doesn't really represent what's taking place. Now, in real life, I've raced tours with 100 riders in the bunch, and I've raced start, I've been on start lines of large Fondo events with thousands and thousands of rolling out, and they're very two different experiences. And these massive Zwift events are just lacking a little bit of that feel of these massive events. We can see the numbers on screen, and we can see the nearest 100 riders but we just don't see the thousands when we use the other camera angles. So I'd love to, for Zwift just to draw maybe just a little pixel or something just to identify how big these bunches really are. I think it would really surprise people to know there are 30, 40, 50 of the little bunches that they can see really there on Zwift with them at the time. Mm. I mean, they're drawing 100 closest riders for, for very good reasons, aren't they? Not unrelated to potatoes, actually, in some cases. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, but, but when that... Um, excellent reason then sort of interferes with gameplay be because mm -hmm. it, it produces that quirky effect that 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 is a bit weird i must say but i'm not sure i see a really easy solution to that on on, on like dynamic moving big group rides do you shane uh, just one pixel will do just something because these riders mm. on the start line would be hard where there's a lot of detail on screen. But I think if you're a hundred riders or a hundred and first rider in front or a hundred and first rider behind you, you can really like, cheap out on the graphics and just have a flat file or a flat little image. Just, just shivering a little bit, yeah. make it yeah. super cheap on the potato. So potatoes can still you know, participate yeah. or maybe even yeah. have potato mode. So that you only see that the hundred is a potato. <laughs> if you've got a really good gaming system, you may get a thousand on the screen. If you've got an Apple TV yeah. 4k, maybe 500. 
something a little extra for those who have got systems that can push it. I think it's really important for the broadcasting side of things, especially with, with what Nathan does. If you drop back to a, a big camera angle, you want to see thousands and thousands of riders. Yeah. I think people would be, as I said, be really, really surprised at just how many people are in the game that you don't see. There are lots, lots more. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice actually to write some more on because we in broadcast we do have some pretty nice rigs and it, it does kind of stink when the like when there's a large A group and you want to see all of those riders and and some of them are, are popping in and out. It would be nice to see a few more for sure. So I'm with you on that chain. I have to tell you, boys, in in a weird piece of synchronicity, I've got the script on the screen in front of me. And a message just popped up from my dear wife, who's always thinking of me and particularly my stomach. And it was a recipe for tonight of four potatoes. <laughs> Does she want to watch Ghost at the same time? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, be lining up. they'll be lining up here. Seriously, it was. It was. She said, I'm going to have these potatoes tonight. Why don't you? She must. Uh, maybe she's listening. Maybe she's listening. Who knows? Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> on to the racing. Um, I'm going to push hard on something I've thought about for ages. Ages, and I think uh, was completely proved on the Ineos race at the Alp. The watchability of these races is improved out of all recognition if the fields are small. With small fields, you can actually follow the action without being some kind of deep in the weeds swift nerd. There's no massive jostling riders, which, to be honest, to most people, is just hideously confusing. And small fields make the actual coverage of, of, of the race just a whole lot more practical. I mean, it makes the story of the race easier to tell. You know, people don't get lost. They know where they are, even if the, the cameras aren't in exactly the right place at the, at the right time. I'd like to see, Nathan, I would like to see a maximum rider limit of 25 on all big high-profile streamed races. Tell me I'm wrong. The first thing I'll say is we already do that with in real life racing, actually. Like you kind of turn it on the tour. If you're really, really nerdy and involved, you'll watch the whole thing through. You wait until there's a separation and then you watch who's who. That already happens, right? And like if it's a sprinter stage, you kind of tune out and you watch the end because you see who's who. The last five riders standing are the ones who make it in that last split second. It's kind of cool when you see them winding in the last few K, but... So we really already do that with the, how we watch it. So I'd agree with you there on, on bike racing in general. Um, I would say that we would want to make it a round robin tournament style like we see in a lot of the um, uh, Defense of the Ancients or, or MOBA style um, events or, or even CSGO events where the round robin makes it where it's pitted against riders against riders against riders against riders over and over again. We have seen that in some of the Zwift beta tests where there were multiple rounds, uh, one after another with only certain riders invited in. I really think that would be the way to go. So we weren't excluding any, and we could have all day long esports then too, like we see in the other esports with continued competitions on these courses. So I think that's a really good point. And you know, that's just the way that we need to keep the action so that we can talk about who's who and tell the stories and watch the story unfold and head to head racing more and more. Well, I just think it's particularly pertinent at the moment because you're getting, you know, I, I don't know what the final numbers were on that in your stream. I mean, it's just so opaque. It's, it's almost impossible to tell. But, you, you know, I, I, I'll bet my last pot of, of chamois cream that, that the that was probably the biggest ever streamed race on on swift you know probably hundreds of thousands of views by the time everybody counts it up across 
various different platforms. Anyway, the point is there is a large potential audience there right now. And if you present them with the average Zwift streamed race, which is like, you know, 200 furiously jostling pixels, the newbie to that is going to be like, you know, WTF, you know, what, what, what am I watching here? Uh, anyway, I want to think about it. And, and you're right, you know. I think um, one other thing they're saying, uh, one other thing there, Simon, excuse me, was, is we don't have good team identification yeah. right now or identification of riders. So if there were, like, I'm thinking, why does football succeed? Why, you know, these other things with masses of, of, of individuals, it's because the team identification becomes a thing and not the individual so much, whereas individual sport then, you know, and it's, it's, it is a little bit more individual in the Zwift world right now. There are teams, but they're just not well identified. They're not well branded yeah. out there. There isn't a way to really cheer for them just yet. And so um, that might have something to do with it. Once we get stronger identification, as well as the way that you can work together on Zwift, if that enhances and you can be identified visually, I think you could actually get away with it in a much more real way than you get even in real life cycling. Because if you start seeing interactivity with strategy between a team that's live in pixels on the screen with colors and ways that it identifies that team working together with their power and their tactics. I think that would actually really, really stand out and be good with a hundred plus because they would stand out amongst them and you would see what the different teams were doing uh, in the Peloton to fight against yeah. each other. Yeah, No, and I don't, I don't disagree with that. I, I just think a really simple thing to do would be say, let's just have small field races. You know, For, for now, now, yeah, for know. now, hundred percent. Yeah, okay, so yeah, you yeah, didn't yeah. tell me I'm wrong. I'm right. You know, I'm right again. I'm Not at right all. No, you're 100% again. right on that one. <laughs> okay, so you're Zwifting in your shed. There's a knock on the door. It's the cops. It happened. Welcome to the Zwiftcaster, Keith Jardine. Keith, hi. Hi there. This is a great story, um, but let's take it from the top, Keith. First of all, I think what we need to know is just describe your Zwift setup to us. Unlike most people, my, my Zwift setup's not in the house. Um, it's in the garden shed. It's just, just a small garden shed, so everything has to come out. It's uh, my I've got another couple of bikes. Uh, they sit out in the lawn while I'm in there on Zwift. So uh, I've also got a small Bluetooth speaker because I like to listen to kind of high energy music while I'm on Zwift. Uh, on Tuesday night, I had trance classics from the 90s. So because we're currently in, in lockdown in the UK, there's there's actually no noise. You're in the Scottish borders, aren't you? Are you in a rural area? It's quite, it's, it, it's, a, it's a town and we've got, it's a town of about 13,000. So you're in lockdown, you're Zwifting away like many people and like many people, you've got some tunes blasting out. Uh, what happened next, Keith? Well, um, I basically I heard a knock at the door, uh, which I thought was my partner. So I opened the door, and there's two policemen standing there, <laughs> and they say they've had a report that there's a party. And can I turn the music down? <laughs> I'm dripping from basically doing box hill, and uh, they just look at me and laugh. And I look at them <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I didn't realise because the music was that loud. Obviously, the, the cops took it in good heart, but were they were they kind of surprised to find out what you were doing in your shed? Yes, um, I think I think they were quite they were quite surprised that I was on a on a trainer in the shed. They actually had a look in and looked at the laptop. Fortunately, I was at the top of Box Hill, so I was uh, 
I didn't it didn't uh, affect my my current run up box so. And what was your reaction when you saw two cops outside your shed? Did you think you were hallucinating? Initially, I thought what had happened. <laughs> yeah. But when when, when and, and then um, I obviously my 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 partner was in the house and she didn't actually she did she she said oh I saw them in the garden but I didn't think anything of it. What strange times we live in! Two policemen in the garden knocking on your shed door and nobody thinks it's weird. Um, so I mean piecing this together, uh, presumably this was uh, probably concerned neighbours rather than nosy neighbours, but somebody somebody blew the whistle on you. Yeah, it's obviously, um, it's, it's ironic because I, I live opposite a, a police sergeant, uh, but I don't think it was him. But yeah, be, be, be some neighbours um, on the other side, I think, have probably have heard the, the, the thing is that because of during the lockdown, there's been a spate of uh, teenagers drinking. Um, so they probably thought it was a party. The crux of it is that um, I've had an illegal rave and it's been raided and shut by the police. <laughs> Can you remember what was playing? Uh, yeah, well, it was Faithless and Zomnia. It's a kind of classic uh, early 2000s uh, track. Well, maybe Zwifters should take a note not to play that, that particular tune too loud. Once it became obvious to the cops, which I imagine was fairly soon, they were presumably extremely understanding. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they basically like, just took, left. I just said, I'll put headphones on. Uh, I went on and finished my. It was it was the the PRL half, so it was only halfway through it. So so I went on and finished that. And did you not take the opportunity, Keith, as as, as all good zifters do? Did you not take the opportunity to try to convert them? <laughs> no, I didn't actually. <laughs> um, they didn't look like cyclists. Uh, well, it's a marvellous little lockdown story, Keith. Thanks very much indeed for sharing it with us. And uh, uh, carry on swifting, right on, mate. And uh, keep those tunes down. I will do. Thank you. Thanks again, Simon. <laughs> the cops would have to get up four flights of steep stairs to find me right now. So uh, I think I'm safe. Um, but I guess we all do have to be just that little bit more considerate now there are so many poor people at home. Um, do you use Zwifting headphones so as not to wake young Max, Jay Miller? No, Max loves the tunes. This week he's been bopping away to Rage Against the Machine and ACDC. Um, but if I'm in the Lama Lab when he is sleeping, I put in the headphones. Um, I've been recommended the AirPod Pros, which are an expensive uh, little test that I'm carrying out. Um, yeah, um, headphones are a really personal thing. Um, yeah, the over the year. Yeah, the over-the-ear ones don't work too well. I have used them in the past. You just have to clean them all the time and replace the little spongy bits. But um, no, it really depends on the time of day. Um, I will be cranking the tunes pretty loud, though, and they're pretty bad tunes too for, for everyone else. I love them. We've got this far, and you've not mentioned S Club 7 or Taylor Swift. What the hell? That's the secret playlist. <laughs> Yeah, we, we don't talk about that, only in group chat. <laughs> uh, Nathan, uh, do you listen or are you still doing that thing where, you know, you're sending multiple emails while cruising in Zone 3 for nine and a half hours or whatever it is you do? Uh, yeah, I, I, I play Hearthstone a lot lately and and listen to lots. My you, So I have a, play, a couple of playlists, but... Um, my YouTube playlist is a lot of pretty chill EDM that came out of a Kigo, 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 uh, um, period, but I kind of got away from that and got to a lot of, um, pretty, I don't know. I wouldn't call it mellow. It's like, 
this mixture of like almost heading into the jazz of EDM. I don't know what we what else to call it. So, no, it's not jazz. It's not jazz. It's like, no, did you hear the second part? EDM, electronic no, okay, dance. Okay, all right, okay. No, it's just you said a trigger word for me. It has been <laughs> it has been scientifically proven that nobody likes jazz. <laughs> nobody nobody likes jazz you know i oh, don't get me going on jazz do not get me started going on jazz i have to say spotify radio stations are uh is my friend i find a i find a tune that i like and it does tend to come from the dm realm i think that's just so right for swifting um, i find a tune i like and then i do that spotify thing that says play me a radio station based on this that that, that really works for me actually because you know, you do set off with the best of intentions, don't you? You think, right, I'm doing a really good Swift session today, so I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do a Spotify playlist before. And, you know, you just never get around to it, do you? Anyway, there we go. Um, so we touched briefly on the changes Strava has made to segments in Swift, and we'll talk some more about Strava in general in a moment or two. But let's get another quick word with Eric Slangy on the changes made. I'm back yet again for yet another area of his extensive expertise, <laughs> Eric Slangy from Zwift Insider. Eric, I think everybody agrees that Strava's action, well, actually pretty much all of Strava's actions in recent months have been very well received. Strava seems to be getting getting some common sense back, but um, it's action in, in cleaning up this ridiculous mess of segments on, uh, on, on Swift is, is really, really, really welcome. So we'll, we'll talk broadly about that, but I just want to talk specifically at first. Have we seen the end, uh, Shane and uh, Nathan and I were discussing this earlier in the podcast, have we seen the end of first attempt very intense? I went looking for it and I couldn't find it. I think it may have disappeared. It's, I think it may be filed away in some early Zwifters list of private segments, possibly never to return. Yeah. yeah it's a little, little sad, little sad. Sad day, sad day. But you know, with progress always comes a little sacrifice. And <laughs> this is a very progressive move by Strava, isn't it? I mean, it's just, it just reeks of common sense. It does. And the, the community seems to be overwhelmingly in support of it. The, the little bit of negative I hear, I think, are people who don't necessarily understand exactly what the change is. But by and large, people are ecstatic with the prospect of not having to filter through hundreds of nonsense segments. Critically importantly, the verified uh, official Zwift Insiders segments survive. Did you have a kind of conversation with Strava about that? Or I did. Uh, Wes, actually, Wes Salmon at Zwift, kind of put me in touch with Strava and and then we all kind of emailed around and the first thing topic that came up with is the uh, what do we do how do we make sure that these verified segments stay stay public because those are the ones people care about the most so they they said I was a special case which isn't the first time <laughs> in my life I've been told that <laughs> uh, but yeah they were they were really cool about it and they worked with me and it sounds like I kind of have their ear now, so I'm hoping to fix some of the other niggles that I have with Strava. Like they won't let me create short segments for certain portions of the Alp and things like that. So we'll see if uh, Strava can fix a few more things while we're at it. Yeah, yeah, we're well, in a very privileged position. So, you know, if anybody really, really wants to create a segment, they've got to bribe you to do a Zwift inside a verified segment. <laughs> it might be. I mean, according to Strava, there is a mechanism where anything can be made public. Um, Hopefully it's not going to 
throw too much of a wrench in you know in community events that maybe need special uh, special public segments to be created so i'm sure we'll find that out pretty soon yeah. Well, whoever's running Strava has been overdosing on common sense pills and uh, in recent week, I weeks. I agree. Somewhere. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, yeah. very good to see. Um, and no doubt we'll be hearing from you in future episodes. But for this episode, uh, thanks very much indeed for your scholarly and considered contributions, Eric. My pleasure, Simon. I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Shane, as I alluded to in that chat with Eric, somebody has been dishing out in very large quantities the sensible pills at Strava, uh, not unconnected, I don't think, to the return of the founders to the company in in like proper executive roles. I mean, they've just really sharpened up their act, haven't they? I've got to say, Strava have turned a corner. Yeah. It's kind of a bad dad joke, I guess, given they're all about navigation and route. Um, yeah, look, hating on Strava was a cool thing to do for a while because they were just restricting, restricting. The features coming out from Strava were, we're taking away the API, we're taking away this, we're restricting this. GDPR probably had a lot to do with that, plus some privacy issues with secret army bases being found by people doing heat maps and things and runs around and uploading. Um, so yeah, hating on Strava was fun for a while, but they're changing that, which is really good to see. I think most of us use Strava, whether we like it or not. We're on Strava. They do offer a pretty damn good service that's unparalleled anywhere else. So I'm really happy to see. I've been doing a number of videos on the updates for Strava and what's coming along. Those videos do really well. There's interest in it. So it's good to see. I'm, 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 um, I'm happy about the, the positive changes made there for sure. Well, they're, they, they're, they're listening. I mean, I'm sure these companies, they always say, why are we, you listening to the community? But, you know, Strava were particularly tinnied, I think. Um, and they do now seem to be genuinely not only listening to people, but acting on what it is that people want, which, um, you know, has, that's a quick way to get yourself uh, uh, re-loved. And hell, we all loved Strava when it first came along. I mean, what a game changer Strava was. And then suddenly it became like, you know, oh, God, I mean, that payment package multi-tier payment package god almighty that was complicated there still is a case of i guess was it henry ford said if, if we gave people what they wanted we'd have faster horses so there is a case of <laughs> having to see the ship yourself so i think strava they were giving us just faster horses uh, or yeah they were at risk of giving us faster horses because that's what we wanted so they're back to giving us what we need a lot of low-hanging fruit and I, I guess that's that's the topic of the day or the recent weeks um there are a lot of engineers now at home um they can do some easy grab stuff rather than big rollouts and something like the tidy up of all the junk segments is just a bit of a database change which can have a big impact on the processing therein so i think we'll see more and more of these little things that just improve the experience the populists appear back in control uh, on strava nathan have you got that road bike out of the, out of the garage yet mate i have never had fatigue like this from a flu for this long in my entire life like, yeah, do you think you've had it? Do you think you've had it? Like this is going on way, way longer. And I also have a dry cough. Yeah. Like I usually after flu, I um, have a lot of like uh, mucus and just stuff coming out of my lungs, massive amounts. Usually, usually it's just like the more green stuff is coming out of me, the better because I know it's going <laughs> out of there. I can't seem to hack anything up. No, I'm sorry for the imagery, but like, Nothing is coming. It's just like a, a cough that just never ends and it's just dry. It's like, what is this? But I don't feel fatigue and a dry cough. I mean, they are, you know, they are the, they are the top two symptoms. I mean, I woke up the other day, actually, I think it was, it was just an allergy thing. I had a bad allergy day. I'd been out 
uh, outside within the confines of my home. I'd been on the terrace all day the day before, and I think I got a bit of an allergy thing. But I woke up really, really sniffly. So obviously, you know, immediately, oh my god, I've got COVID. So onto a very reputable website to look at um, look at symptoms and a runny nose. Uh, it is a symptom, but it's a symptom in 5% of people. So, I, you know, I kind of ruled that out immediately. But dry cough and, and, and fatigue, that is a symptom, I think. Uh, don't quote me. I, I don't want to get this wrong. But it is a very, very, very prevalent symptom in percentage terms of people who are then proven to, to have had it. I, I think uh, Dr. Dr. Schofield here, Nathan, I think, yeah, I think you must have had it, mate. <laughs> Well, I would have, we'll have to see. I mean, if they, I don't know if it's worth it any, ever getting uh, any kind of test or anything, but hopefully just, I mean, yesterday I did a Bologna uh, TT just to kind of open up to feel, I was like, I don't know. Okay, let's just go see if there's anything in there. And like hit 180 heart rate, I think I took fifth in the race and I was pushing six watts for quite a while or whatever. So that felt good. But it, like that thing was still there that was, that told me, don't go to 185. You're about to hurt yourself mm-hmm. again. Like I could, t- like I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. When you still have a little bit of like, get like I'm okay with with pain. Harm is a different thing, and I could tell I was maybe about to harm myself by pushing oh, too hard when I'm maybe a little under still. That so is an interesting. I, I, so I didn't. So I didn't. So I didn't win the race. That's that's my that's excuse. An, <laughs> that's an interesting topic. The uh, the border between pain and harm. Hmm, interesting one, Shane. Do you? I, I kind of know what Nathan means there. When you cross into the harm, if I was well, it'd be different. I would have just gone all yeah. in, not you know, ab- abandoned, not even cared. But knowing that, like, there's a there were, it's a feeling I only know from from long experiences with working out and and being sick. Though I wouldn't know it otherwise, yeah. you know. And and so, anyways, I'd, yeah. I'd, ca- I'd, I'd characterize harm so Shane, as, as that portion of the ride and the pace of the ride uh, more often outside for me than inside i must say um where you know you're going so hard that tomorrow is going to hurt the whole day well, it sounds like nathan did the Bologna time trial not the bologna time trial was that it nathan did have you have you renamed that one it's just uh it's for where they send the dead at the top there um yeah, look, going hard, the the best thing about being on an indoor trainer, a fixed indoor trainer, is you can go really, 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 really hard and collapse and you don't fall off. And you can collapse and just outside, you still have to stay upright. So I'm not sure. I've pushed myself um, both indoors and oh, out, um, but I think I can recover a little easier indoors. Um, but again, I haven't, got, haven't, haven't had the Rona, so I'm not sure. Uh, by the way, speaking of dates and things, uh, Ghost was released in 1990. <laughs> just FYI. <laughs> Good Lord. Okay. So, so there's a, this is not just straight excuses. Like, oh my gosh, I've got to like, so like, I've pushed myself inside out. I mean, come on, really? Like I'm, I'm saying that there's a, a, when you're sick, like there's a, there's a knowledge in the body that you know that you are taking from resources at this moment that your you, body is using it to needs protect for something itself. else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that's about protection, yeah. not about. Okay, anyways. I get that. Nathan's Nathan. ego is getting in the way no, right I now. Get that. <laughs> I get that. Well, you know, the, the thing is, <clears throat> Doctor Schofield speaking. You shouldn't be riding while sick, mate. Anyway. You know. Anyway, I feel like we're wandering yeah. around a little unsupervised here, so let's uh, let's, <laughs> let's get back on track. Um, time to pay tribute to uh, just one of the people who, again, in the new world order, have become super super important, and that's ride leaders. 
the vast majority of ride leaders on Swift are volunteers and they do a magnificent job. One of them passed a big landmark recently, so good opportunity to check in. Well, welcome to the Zwiftcast to Sharon Yaxley. Hi, Sharon. Hi. Hi, Simon. How are you? Uh, pretty good, thank you. Um, the main purpose of this is to offer you fantastic congratulations on a huge milestone, 100,000 kilometres on Zwift. It, it came the other day and in company, I think. Yep, that's correct. Um, about three, 400 people joined me. Um, I, I had intended to do it um, solo and call it ho-hum, but um, some other people had alternative ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Three or 400 of your closest friends. And I think probably the reason that that happened, Sharon, is, I mean, you've just been a fantastic servant to the community, really. You've led ride after ride after ride. What, what, what do you get out of it? I like to help people and I like to see people um, realise that they have a lot more um, depth and strength than they actually give themselves credit for. And I've had to learn that myself, that I've actually got um, a lot more capacity than um, a lot of other people or um, myself ever thought that I had. Yeah, and I think you found that out on some kind of in real life rides, haven't you? You've done some, you've done some epics, haven't you? Look, the epic one that you're talking about isn't my longest ride by any means, but it was my solo ride. It it was suggested to me that I had never done anything alone in life, and it was two years ago, so I was 55, and um, I chose to ride ride from Auckland in New Zealand to Cape Rohingya, which is the very uh, northern tip, and returned. So it was a loop ride of about 1150k, um, which I did over 10 days, totally on my own. Um, I bawled my eyes out the night before I left. Um, I had a cyclone on day two. Um, I got a lot of strength of character out of doing doing that ride. And you've obviously transferred some of those learnings to your ride leadership on, on Swift. Now, you're with the big ring at the moment, you, but you've ridden with lots and lots of other groups, haven't you? I started off with SAS, and um, and that's where I got my name, The Mink. Um, I was with AHDR for a while. TBR I joined after I did my 24-hour ride um, because they really reached out to me during that ride. They helped me when I needed help, so it was the least I could do in return. And help is what you excel in giving. I mean, everybody I've ever come across who's been on one of your rides has nothing but good to say about it. You just, you seem to have that knack of being able to encourage people and be incredibly patient. Um, I have faith in them more than they have faith in them. And I know that if they give themselves enough of a chance and enough training that they for example will will get to that century milestone and once they get to that century milestone and then you know they they set new goals it might be um, an imperial century or it might be a double century and i know they've got that capacity before they realize they've got that capacity but yeah but you managed to bring it out of people which is a real skill i think it's just um being nice and supportive and encouraging um that's all it takes you make it sound easy sharon but it's not um well i guess i find it easy i maybe it comes naturally um and that was really what led me to do the mink centurion ride i knew that there was a market out there for a a so-called slower century ride but if you could get enough decent riders to um group together to support slower riders or newer riders 
um, you could actually help get them to their century because um, the draft on Zwift is, um, I find, pr- particularly strong. Well, you've got a fantastic reputation as a ride leader. And if anybody uh, comes across Sharon or the Mink, as you are, you're often known on Zwift, um, and you're a bit of a newcomer, I'd really suggest you join in because um, you 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 get people over the line, Sharon. And I guess you're you more than most are seeing some of the consequences of all these new Zwifters coming on. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's just um, it's something else at the moment. The, the numbers on events are quite extraordinary at the moment. Um, unfortunately, the, the, the plague, the virus, has, has rained, on, rained on your plans for, um, for summer, I think. You were going to do something big in Italy. Yes, a couple of weeks' time we were flying to Rome and we were heading out to Corsica for about 12 days where we were cycle touring, carrying our gear. And from there, I was, we were both heading to northern Italy where I, um, I got a gig with Italy Bike Tours um, for the last 12 days of the Giro d'Italia, um, supporting riders there. And from there, we were going to head to Switzerland, where one of my children lives, and do a little bit more riding. But, um, yeah, that's out the window. And I think our plans for Christmas, which were circumnavigating Taiwan, might be out the window as well. Well, there are no plans, are there, this year? There are just no plans or, you know, the plans that everybody had are uh, are just uh, straw in the wind at the moment, which uh, obviously is a shame, but we've got bigger things on our mind. On to happier matters, and you, uh, uh, as I say, you're, you're one of the most popular, consistent and, and, and helpful ride leaders, and that 100,000 kilometres is a real achievement. Lovely to have you on, Sharon. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks. Thank you, Simon. Well done to Sharon and all the ride leaders on Zwift. You all do a great job. Okay, that's almost it, uh, fellas. Again, a little housekeeping. I said on last week's episode that we'd have a senior bod on from Zwift leadership. That will happen, but not till probably next week. It's been delayed for some very good reasons. More on that next week. Um, Okay, boys, uh, just before we go, I just want to check out live. I know we're all in front of uh, front of machines that are not potatoes and do connect and do connect to the Internet. Uh, I just want to check out live a terrible rumor I heard. I heard a rumor. It started on Zriftcast listeners, actually, which is not normally a place of unsolicited and unfounded rumor. Uh, it was which was a global shortage of chamois cream. I mean, really? Can things get any worse? Uh, so is it true? I'm going to log on to my provider of choice. I'm going to ask you two to do the same. So there'll be the sound effects of uh, keyboards clacking for a moment. Right. Uh, Wiggle, uh, in the UK, there is no chamois cream. Nathan. Um, let's see here. I'm going to do, sorry, I'm trying to get, I'm trying a couple different, uh, I guess I'll just try competitive cyclist. Yeah, we've got, it looks like we've got Mokoff, Asos is Castelli. Here, let me see. Castelli says, if I want to add the car, item in stock, Castelli's item in stock, Asos, uh, item in stock. American, American asses are safe. We can sleep easier in our bed in America. Shane, how about Australian bottoms? Just pulled up uh, one of the popular websites here to purchase things online, pushies.com.au. Uh, fully stocked. It's all good. It, it may be that we all use Vegemite anyway as chamois cream, so no one's buying this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is a UK thing. Maybe this is a UK thing. So I, I, Good. I'm glad because I don't want to be starting... 
panic. That really would be serious if the world ran out of chamois cream. Okay, uh, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Um, just a quick survey of other activities. Uh, Shane, your your channel, I assume, is healthy and happy over on YouTube. Yeah. Look, the last three and a half years of content that I've uploaded is going crazy at the moment. Lots of people, lots and lots of people getting on board for the first time or uh, wanting to know more about the hardware they have to get set up properly to get on Zwift. People may have an old trainer, but just haven't got it all hooked up. So a lot of the content that I've uploaded for the last few years is going really well. Also, the live streams are becoming very, very popular. It must be that people are at home not doing anything at all. So I've done a little video on how to set up a live stream, just the basics, which covers having good audio, good lighting, and how a step-by-step guide on how to get yourself on uh, onto Twitch, which is really, really easy to do with the hardware that we have. But don't try this at home with a potato. <laughs> Your live stream of the Alp was pretty popular, wasn't it? But, but no wheels. Ah, uh, tell me about it. It's becoming a theme. So <laughs> I, I, at the top of the Alp, if people aren't aware of it, if you haven't gone up the Alp, I think everybody should go up the Alp. Uh, there's a spin wheel at the top and there's a little, yeah, it spins automatically and you're assigned a prize at the top. Uh, yeah, the lightweight milesteins are the wheels that everybody wants, that everybody apart from me has a set of and I do not have it. I've been up 13 times now. The other day I thought, yep, let's go up there. We'll get the wheels. And then it didn't happen. And then Vaughn was standing next to me on the live stream and has let out a, oh my word. And she gave me hell and everyone loved it. So last night, again, I clipped in round two, tried it again. I got the damn helmet. So we'll be clipping in probably tomorrow night again. I, I found a good time of day that works. Most people in the UK love to watch people suffer. So tomorrow night I'll be clipping in going for the 14th ascent. Ah, I want those wheels. You are preparing yourself a real bed of nails there, Shane, because you're going to have to keep doing this until you get them and doing it live, you know. It's a bit of fun. It, it's it's good reason for motivation. And I guess uh, I mean, the reality check is we all need a bit of motivation at the moment to do something. And for me, yeah, it's hard riding up, but I'm doing it at 100% training difficulty, so I'm not messing about. Um, but it's good motivation for me to, I guess, it's been, I spend, it takes me at least an hour to get up there doing it this at the pace that I'm doing it on the live stream. Um, but it gives people an opportunity to jump in, have a chat, um, talk all things bike or where they're at. And uh, little Maxwell pops in with his feet every now and then. And uh, gives me some encouragement. So it's a lot of fun. People are asking on Zwiftcast listeners, who would want to watch someone suffer mm. on a bike? I'm the same. Who would want to watch that? But if you're interacting, if there's questions and you watch me have a bit of a, a PG rant at the end of getting a helmet, then, yeah, drop over to the channel. We'll be going for the helmet or gloves or socks or something again. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the gloves. It'll be the gloves. Uh, Nathan, I just see. I see you published your schedule just a few hours ago. Uh, you looking after your voice, fella? Yeah, I mean, we're going good. We're going good. It's lots of fun. I mean, most commentators in esports go six to eight hour days, you know. So I mean, we're we're an hour at a time, and um, it's going well. It's going really, really well. Having lots of fun with it. Lots of lots of racers showing up. That's for sure. Um, and uh, we're adding new streams every day. So if I'm not in a stream, it seems like I'm in a meeting about more streams that are about to happen. So <laughs> that's kind of where things are at. Wow. So that's good news. Good news. Uh, Zwift Community Live is where you want to be if you want more Nathan, and more Nathan is always a good thing. Uh, excellent. Thanks, boys. Another uh, highly entertaining hour passed. Uh, not many hours left in the day now. And then another day in lockdown will be done. I'm sorry to sound fed up, but I am just getting a fraction fed up now. But, you know, it'll be over before too long, and there are people in worse positions. So 
shut up and get on with it, I think is the uh, is the answer there. Thanks very much, boys. Uh, talk to you next week. Goodbye. Cheers, guys. Bye. And just the usual housekeeping spot part two. We are terribly grateful to Zwift to continue to support the Zwiftcast in a most generous way. But that doesn't mean they get to say what goes in it, because we do that. Thanks for listening. See you next week.